Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Stocks and Coffee. I'm Travis, your stock geek. Today is Monday, February 27th, 2023. I am back after a short hiatus, had to go deal with some other business-related stuff, but I want to catch you up on what's been happening in markets since the last episode. So for the past two weeks or so, stocks are down a few percentage points on the indices. Stocks are finally reacting negatively to the increase in bond yields. We're still very much in the good news is bad news for the stock market environment because the market's still worried about inflation being too hot and the Fed having to be too aggressive at their upcoming meetings. In fact, the market is now pricing in a Fed that will hike rates 25 basis points at the next three meetings, which would get them well above 5% on the Fed funds rate. That has also caused mortgage rates to creep up and it's caused bond yields to rise, especially on the short end of the curve. The two-year yields and the one-year yields are up 20 basis points over the past several weeks, so they are pushing. 5% now, and that means that stocks are relatively less attractive. Of course, we also did get that CPI data for the month of January a couple of weeks ago. That came in at 6.4 versus 6.2% expectations, and that, of course, rattled markets. We also had the core personal consumption expenditure gauge, which is another gauge of inflation. That came in slightly above expectations last week at 4.7% versus 4.6% in December. So that's actually accelerating a little bit. We also have unemployment remaining very low. Weekly jobless claims last week came in at 192,000, which was below the prior week. So the unemployment rate looks like it's going to stick at 4% or below for the time being. We also had personal spending numbers for the month of January come out last week, and those were strong. Retail sales prior week were showing strength at 6.4% year-over-year growth in January and 3% month-over-month growth, although there were some weird seasonal adjustments there. So we'll have to see how that trends and if that's just an anomaly or if retail sales really are quite strong. Now, we have seen weakness in corporate earnings, of course, for the fourth quarter. S&P earnings are down about 5% year over year and down a little bit more than that if you exclude the strong energy sector. We also still see a yield curve that's still heavily inverted, and we know that yield curve inversions where you have longer-dated bond yields well below shorter-dated bond yields, that tends to suggest recession is coming within 6 to 18 months. So it's a messy picture out there in terms of data right now. We've got bears in one camp saying that we're already heading towards recession given what we're seeing in the yield curve and the fact that certain areas of the economy are weak and we've got mortgage rates hitting new highs and it's just a time frame issue in six or nine months we'll be in that recessionary environment even if we're not in it now. Of course, you have the bulls saying, well, it could be a soft landing. It very well could be the case that the Fed will pause in the next couple of months and the economy is going to remain relatively resilient because unemployment remains low. Then you have people like myself who are kind of in the middle saying, I don't really know. It's very hard to project what's going to happen in 12 months. I don't think inflation's quite as bad as some people are worried about, and I don't think the Fed's going to be quite as aggressive as some people are worried about. On the other hand, I don't think the economy's quite as strong as some people believe, given the fact that we've seen more layoff announcements and the fact that we've seen some businesses pulling back on spending and investment and we had corporate earnings declining in the fourth quarter, so the earnings trend isn't super great right now. So that's kind of where I'm at, and I don't think valuations on the stock side are really cheap enough to get super, super bullish about the risk-reward. But anyway, for me, I'm just going to have to see how things evolve over the coming weeks. I do think we will get some relief on the inflation side as we move into the later spring months. We're still, of course, a couple months away from that. But I do think that the shelter component, which is a lagged component in the CPI, will help the CPI to come down below the Fed's target by late summer. I think that is almost a given. So that will be good news. Now the question is going to be, will the economy hold up? That's really where my focus is going to be over the coming months and quarters.
Moving beyond the macro, looking at some of the individual stock sectors over the past couple of weeks, we've seen significant weakness in energy. Crude and natural gas in particular have pulled back significantly in recent weeks. It's been a relatively warm winter in most parts of Europe and North America. However, we might get a late spring push here with cold weather. We're kind of waiting to see what will pan out there. The U.S. has also had trouble exporting its excess of natural gas because of the shutdown of the Freeport LNG export facility. That is coming back online, which should help a little bit, and natural gas prices have bounced in the last couple of days, but they are still down like 40% year to date. And so that bullish case for energy that a lot of energy bulls had last year isn't playing out in the short run. I do think a lot of energy stocks are very, very cheap here if you believe that crude prices stabilize above 70 per barrel and natural gas prices do recover a little bit. We've also seen weakness in the areas that you would expect when the market pulls back. So high beta growth stocks, those have certainly pulled back in general, although there have been pockets of strength. You look at some of the big techs like Tesla and NVIDIA, those continue to power ahead and get to high valuation multiples again, despite performance that hasn't been all that great in their most recent quarterly reports. We do have, of course, the AI tailwind for NVIDIA, which is helping push that stock up. And then Tesla has an investor day this week, which investors are getting excited about. The EV sector has started this week off strong as well with Fisker and Rivian some upgrades from Analyst. And Fisker also said they're targeting profitability this year, even on a low production base of just 42,000 units. I imagine we'll continue to see rallies and subsequent pullbacks in areas like AI and EVs and clean tech. Those have strong themes and thematic elements to them, but they're also going to suffer from big pullbacks in the market as well. So we'll keep an eye on those sectors. There's definitely some interesting stocks across those sectors. Biotech is another sector that's seen significant weakness in recent weeks. It did start the year with a strong rally, and this week we're seeing rumors that Pfizer could be looking to acquire CGen, and that stock is up 10%. So there is M&A still happening in biotech, but overall the sector has pulled back quite a bit. Healthcare is another sector where we've seen some weakness over the past few weeks, and that's a little bit unusual because healthcare and consumer staples tend to perform relatively well even when the market's going down. They tend to be a bit more resilient and low beta, but healthcare has done not super great in, in recent weeks. On the strength side of sectors, we have seen regional banks do pretty well as interest rates actually help them. Overall, financials haven't performed super great, but on the regional bank side, those have done all right. Retail's held up relatively well, and we've also seen semiconductors, including NVIDIA, which I mentioned earlier, those have held up quite well over the past couple weeks as well. In parallel with the rise in yields over the past couple weeks, we've also seen the dollar strengthen against other major currencies a little bit, and that's put pressure on metals prices like gold and silver, and so certainly that's been an area of weakness as well. So with that all being said, personally, where am I looking to deploy capital? Well, I think 5% interest rates on short-term government bills and bonds are pretty interesting because you can sit there and earn a nice rate of interest while you wait for things to play out. I'm not really trying to act aggressively one way or the other here. When we had that euphoria in January, I was actually taking profits on some stuff that I'd bought during the tax selling period of late December when a lot of stuff was punished. So I'm just trying to take advantage of those two emotions in markets. If we get euphoria, I'm going to sell into it. If we get too much pessimism, that's when I'll look to probably deploy more capital into stocks that get cheap. But yeah, for right now, I think it's actually kind of nice to be able to earn a 5% yield just sitting in cash-like instruments.
There are some stocks, of course, in the value category where their free cash flow yields do actually look enticing. Like if you look at something like Dropbox, for instance, it's trading for around 8% on a free cash flow yield basis, and that's going to get you something better than bonds. And it's also going to grow long-term, hopefully. They've been able to historically grow around 8 to 10%. And actually on a per share basis, they've grown free cash flow at a higher rate because they're buying back stock when the stock gets cheap. So something like that looks interesting. I mentioned energy stocks earlier. A lot of those are trading for like three or four times this year's free cash flow. The big question with energy stocks, of course, is always how do you price them? Because you have to make projections about oil and gas prices. And if you use this year's current oil and gas prices, yeah, they look really, really cheap. But what if oil collapses by 50%? If we're going into recession, then they're not so cheap. And so that's really the question. I do think overall, they're probably pretty cheap and worth having some exposure to because they also provide a nice hedge against an upside inflation type of issue where you get another geopolitical problem with Russia and oil prices spike up again. So that is an area where I definitely like to have at least some allocation. It might actually increase my allocation there as those prices sell off more. As far as trying to ride the AI hype wave, you know, I'm not going to pay up the kinds of prices that investors are paying right now for NVIDIA, but I do want to take a look at something like Adobe. You know, Adobe historically has been a pretty good business. They made a really stupid acquisition announcement last year. They're going to acquire Figma for like $20 billion, and Figma only does like $400 million of annualized revenue. However, that deal might get squashed by regulators, and so there are some regulators that are trying to stop Adobe from acquiring Figma, which I actually think would be a good thing for the shares. And uh, overall, Adobe, I think, can do some interesting things themselves by incorporating more AI into their products. They do have AI in some of their products where they can, for instance, remove backgrounds from photos automatically, or they're going to have opportunities to incorporate generative AI for images, and they're going to be able to do video at some point as well, generative video, which I think could be huge. So I really like Adobe potentially if it gets back down to new lows, and that might also be a backdoor way to play the AI theme. I do still think travel will do very well this year, and so if those travel stocks pull back again to cheap valuations, I would definitely be looking to increase my positions again. I took profits on some of those stocks like Airbnb and Expedia as they rose in the first quarter. We'll see how it plays out going forward though. Perhaps another area of the market that's worth mentioning is Chinese stocks. Now, I've always been wary of exposure to Chinese stocks given the geopolitical risk and the risk of the Chinese shares, which are actually ADRs that own subsidiaries in the Cayman Islands and not the actual Chinese companies themselves. It's a weird structure. But in any case, these Chinese stocks have pulled back quite significantly after they had that early year run on excitement about the Chinese reopening. I think China's had a pretty bad winter overall, and also there's been some holiday periods as well early in the year, which can distort the data. So I think I am still pretty optimistic about the Chinese economy reopening, and maybe this is an opportunity to buy some of these stocks on the pullback potentially, but I don't want to get my exposure too large in those Chinese stocks because honestly, they could be zeroed overnight in a really draconian geopolitical situation. I'm still keeping an eye as well on the cannabis sector. You know, that's been so beaten up over the past two years, and I do think the rally will be incredible once it happens. I just don't know if we're two years out from that or if it could happen this year. It would be nice to get some positive legislative catalyst. That's probably pretty unlikely, though, this year. And we have seen some optimism that maybe there's a bipartisan effort to get the safe banking bill passed. I just don't know if it's going to happen with the contention that we're going to see over the budget deficit fight, the debt ceiling fight. So we'll see how it all plays out, but definitely watching that sector for an opportunity at some point for a bounce. Some of those companies within that sector are profitable, but broadly just hated by most investors out there right now. 
Well, hopefully that's a good backward look at what's happened over the past couple of weeks. Looking forward to this week, we do still have some companies reporting Q4 earnings. Really, it's the tail end of earnings season. We've got some software companies and some retailers. So we'll get Zoom, Target, Salesforce, Snowflake, Costco, Best Buy, Macy's, and some security software companies like Zscaler, Splunk, Okta. And we'll also have a handful of EV companies and alternative energy companies reporting as well. Other than that, it's a relatively light macro data calendar. We do get the ISM manufacturing report on Wednesday and the ISM non-manufacturing report on Friday. There'll be some inflation and unemployment data in the EU coming out. Overall, it looks like a relatively light calendar, especially compared to previous weeks. Things will really heat back up in mid-March. We'll have a jobs report for the month of February on the 10th of March. Then we'll get the CPI on the 14th. Later that week, we'll get the European Central Bank setting rates. The Fed will set rates, of course, the week after that. It'll be the end of Q1 at the end of March, so March will be a very, very interesting month. I'll, of course, have coverage of all of that here on Stocks and Coffee. I've also got my newsletter going now. You can go sign up at travisdevitt.com or go to stockgeek.tv and click on the newsletter link. I think you'll find some of those insights and stories from the newsletter helpful, especially if you're a non-professional investor. Beyond that, I hope you have a great start to your week, everyone, and I will see you all soon. Cheers. 